I'm Lisa Salinger. Welcome to Eyes Free Fitness Podcast 16. I can't believe we're here already. I am flying solo this week. Mel is away, getting some time to rest and rejuvenate, and I'm sure that she will come back with some wonderful new ideas and things for us to bring to you. We do have several of those things in the works over the next month or two, so I encourage you to stay tuned to this podcast, to our blog, to our website, and also you can follow us on social media. We will be making announcements as they are available. I'm very anxious to bring you our interview. After that, we're going to have a Fitness Speak segment by Mel. This is an excerpt from our YouTube channel, and if you've never checked that out, I encourage you to do that. We hear so much about the evils of sitting, and in this week's segment, Mel talks about what you can do to counteract some of those negative effects. Then, of course, we'll have feedback files, and we'll talk about some of your questions. Before we get into all of that, though, I want to update you on some things that are going on here. First of all, we are going to be exhibiting at Vision Corps Low Vision Expo, which is May 14th. Mel and I will both be there talking about Blind Alive, and if you are in the area, we'd love to meet you. If you need more particulars about time and date, you can either send us an email or you can call Vision Corps and they can also provide you the information that you will need. Also, we now have a group on Facebook. It's called Blind Alive Community. And when you search for it, Blind Alive is one word. And then community, of course, is a second word. We've had lots of good posts so far, and we'd love to have you join us. I am relatively new to groups, and I'm finding that it is doable and even enjoyable on my iPhone or on the computer, just using the Facebook site. I have found that if you are using iOS, the Groups app although it seems like the intuitive choice, really does not work as well. You're better off just going in through the Facebook app. And I was amazed and pleased at how easy it was to navigate and comment and reply. So if you would like to share your health journey and get encouragement from other people, we'd love to have you join us there. And now, let's get straight into today's topic. I'm very pleased to have with us this time Allison Hartley, whose voice is probably well-known to many of you. She and Dr. Robert Carter have the Tech Doctor podcast, which is widely heard. I am a fan myself have known Allison for a few years, and I'm very happy to have her on. Welcome, Allison. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here. 
Yeah, and happy about this thing that's around your wrist. Now, don't you dare, you listener people out there, don't you dare touch that dial or that button. We are going to talk about the Apple Watch, and I get it because I do not have one and don't anticipate getting one anytime soon. And there are days when I'm reading Twitter and reading online articles where I think, if I see one more thing about the Apple Watch, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure even having an Apple Watch, as Allison does, that is still kind of going on, I'm sure, to some extent. Yeah, it's a little intense, the amount of of media that's out there right now, especially in the Twitter sphere. (laughs) Yeah, you can only listen to so many unboxings before you think, okay, what's the point? But today we're going to talk about the Apple Watch as it relates to health. And it has some interesting things in it. I'm curious about this myself. As I've said on previous podcasts, I use a Fitbit. And so I'm curious how this wrist-worn tracker plus, because of course it does many other things other than health, but how this wrist-worn device might improve a person's health. Um, Can you just start, Allison, by describing in general what the Apple Watch has for health? Well, sure. The the two main apps that are related to health that come with the Apple Watch are the Activities app, and that's the app that I've mainly been using thus far. It is an app that basically, you, when you set it up, you set a basic target fitness goal. You put in your age, your height, your weight, and you set a certain level. Right now, I'm on a light a light workout level. Um, I'm probably going to be switching it up to to medium soon. So it gives you a target goal of movement, of a certain amount of movement, a certain amount of exercise, and a certain amount of time spent standing. It, It reminds you once every hour to stand up and move around a little bit, which is great for me. Um, So those are the three target goals in the activity app that it tracks for you on a daily basis. And if I turn on, this is going to be embarrassing because I just woke up a little bit ago, but if I activate the screen here, that brings up my clock face. I hope this will come through on the microphone. 100% So I'm, I apologize. I had my speech turned up extremely fast, but it said that my movement was at 5%. My exercising for the day, unfortunately, was still at 0%. And my standing goal was already at 8%. Now, considering I've only been up for about an hour, that's pretty good for me. <laughs> Um, So you can very quickly check on the clock face of the app when you're just checking the time and you're curious, "Eh, how much have I, how much have I moved so far today? You can quickly just check that. Now, when you go into the activities app itself um, with a little bit of of poking around, it's still not entirely uh, bug free. in in my opinion, you have to do some scrolling to different pages and it doesn't always work. Um, you can, with voiceover, read how many calories you've burned, how many steps you've walked. So it's it's very robust, um, I think, for a 1.0 product. There, 
there is also the workout app, which I am in the process. I've got the, the, the purchase page up for the Blind Alive Bootcamp workout. And once I purchase that, I will be able to actually use the workout app to set up a, a workout. And it will. I think it will ask me some various questions about you know, the type of workout I'm going to be doing, how long. Um, I haven't really delved into that app yet, but that will allow me to track the progress of individual workouts. And I am not somebody who typically enjoys exercising beyond walking with my dog. I, I, I'm not somebody who, before the Apple Watch, really put a whole lot of effort into it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that right, right here and now. But it's interesting having this device on my wrist. It's made me think about it more, and it's made me realize, like, a, this isn't as as hard as I have always made it out to be overload these many years and B it, it's something that's that's really important and that you can just kind of do throughout your day is concentrating on on health and moving ab- around a bit so it's it's kind of not I'm not bored I'm not a born again uh, exercisist <laughs> but but it has made me me think about it in a, in a way that's much more positive and that I wouldn't have a week ago I've only had the Apple watch for about a week yeah and I think it's not just someone out there saying, you should move more. It's kind of like, okay, you've already stood for, for example, 8%. You know, if you put forth a little more effort, you can do this. And that's pretty cool. Now, it said, if I'm remembering correctly here, and feel free to straighten me out if I'm not, um, there is standing... And, you know, I could really see that being helpful because I got up this morning and I worked out. I walked uh, for an hour and I'm near my 10,000 steps for today. That's a goal that I've tried to uh, keep consistent with and have for a while. Um, But I could see myself then sitting at the computer for five, six hours And so that kind of friendly nagging, it's kind of like a little Jiminy Cricket on your wrist. It kind of is, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So, but there's movement and there's activity. And I'm assuming that activity is like concentrated physical effort. Right. There's, there's movement and there's exercise. So exercise is anything that they consider a brisk walk or above. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be walking. It could, it could be a particularly invigorating game of catch with the dog. It, it could be um, anything really. Bicycling. I, yeah. 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 Going on a, a rowing machine. Yeah. So exercising is a, is a little bit more of a challenge for me to get my goal up, but most days get it at or near a hundred percent for my target goal right now. And the movement I've not had a problem with. And the, the, um, standing, I have found it to be pretty easy to get up to 100%. So there's those three, those three rings that they're actually shown as little rings on the watch. And when you achieve all of your goals, first of all, when you achieve one, it gives you a little like, hey, congratulations, you did it. You're awesome. Or if it sees that you're sort of lagging a little bit, it's like, hey, remember to focus on your stand goal. Remember to focus on your move goal. So it's like a little coach on your wrist. 
And then when you when you um, complete all three, as I did for the first time a couple of days ago, it actually gives you a little reward. It gives you a little – it says badge rotating into view. They need to be a little bit more descriptive with their <laughs> descriptions of what the badge is. But it was just hey, kind of cool beats, that – It beats volts of electricity to your wrist if you do not succeed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just something acknowledged that I did well, so I felt good, you know. Or they could do like the – anti-heartbeat, I don't know, um, right? <laughs> you know, uh, because there are so many things about sending heartbeats. This could do a little like a uh-huh. broken heartbeat or something. And <laughs> before we get too deep into that abyss of misery, let's move on. Um, so you said that there are two apps on the watch that primarily deal with health. Right. There is the, the, the workout app and the activity app. Oh, and honestly, right. yeah. Okay. And honestly, there may be, I'm, I'm, I am completely blanking at this point because I've only had the thing for a week. Um, there, I think there is also a health app that is similar yeah, to the app on so. the, on the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly have just not even, not even messed with it. Yeah. Um, I'm just scratching the surface with this, but yeah. I'm just, I'm just so pleased by the positive difference it's already made. Yeah. Well, and you have a day job too. And yes, <laughs> those pesky day jobs, they take a little and bit a, of And time. a commute that's basically half of another day jobs yeah. <laughs> for yeah. now anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And how about heart rate? Yeah, there's actually something called a glance, which is almost kind of like a a little widget on the watch. And one of the glances that I have activated is is heartbeat. So what you do is you activate this heartbeat glance and you just leave it on – heartbeat for a while and it actually measures your heartbeat like i'll do a demonstration right now if you'd like sure so so what i'm going to do is i'm going to do a two finger flick up to get to glances it has been my now playing glance i'm going to go to heartbeat with a two finger flick to the left Let's page one try to the right. Nothing. Page two of four. Heartbeat. Page three of four. Five. Nothing. Thirty-six minutes. Five seconds. No, I want to select a custom action. Heartbeat. Page two. three of four. Heartbeat. Seventy-four BPM. Two meters ago. Heartbeat. Double tap and wait for heartbeat measurement. Swipe up or down to select a custom action. Okay, double tap so I'm going to double tap here. Heartbeat. And then I am going to sit still for a minute. Mm -hmm. And basically what it's doing is there's a sensor inside this watch that it's obviously very close to my body. So it is measuring my heartbeat. Yep, 82 BPM. Excellent. That was pretty fast, too. That was in real time. We didn't stop or edit that at all. So that is... Uh, indeed, the amount of time that it took in real time. Mm-hmm. Now, I had my arm at an angle um, to get it to uh, be hopefully picked up by the microphone. So I don't know um, if that messes at all with the accuracy of the reading. What I tend to do, what I know it's measuring my heartbeat, is I tend to um, just sit with my hands on my lap quietly. Right. Uh, 
but it is actually measuring in real time because before that it said 74 beats per minute as of two minutes ago. So it's constantly monitoring and measuring your heart rate, which I think is kind of cool. And that's why you have to charge it every day. But yes. It is cool because it probably, you know, if you needed to, you could um, share that diagnostic data or see basically if your heartbeat fluctuated uh, over time. Now, one thing that interested me a bit about this is, um, again, my experiences with the Fitbit, and I have what's called a Fitbit One, and I clip that to my clothes. They suggest that you wear it on somewhere on your torso, so that can Mm -hmm. be uh, on a waistband, it can be for women inside a bra, it can be, you know, anywhere on your torso, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then there is another Fitbit product that is worn on the wrist. And I know of a woman who got one of these and um, wanted to lose weight after a pregnancy and put the baby in the stroller and went for a four-mile walk. And she was wearing the wrist worn uh, Fitbit. And mm-hmm. when she got home and looked down at it, here it showed zero steps. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh, because her <laughs> wrist was stationary. It wasn't moving. So I'm wondering, for example, um, I'm assuming, maybe wrongly, that you are right-handed and you wear the watch on your left hand. Yes, that's correct. So how does that work when you're walking with your dog? Is it still measuring those steps? Because your arms aren't swinging in that natural back and forth motion that would be picked up by a sensor. Right. I tested that and it, and it does, it does measure when I'm walking with him. Um, we walked the other day from the bus stop into the train station and I immediately when we got to the platform, uh, checked and it, it had measured, it had counted some exercise and some of my movement goal as well, and it had increased it. So it does seem to be able to measure even when the wrist is relatively stationary. Interesting. It would be interesting to um, put that on your right wrist another day and kind of measure and see how it compares. That's just me being a nerd, I guess, but no, it would be, it would actually um, be a really cool experiment. Yeah. Yeah, Because how are they actually sensing that? Although if they're not getting it from the watch, if they're getting it from the phone, then the actual position of the watch wouldn't matter quite so much. Right. And when I'm walking with Gary, the phone, is in my purse, but when I'm just kind of traipsing around here around the house, the phone is us- the phone itself is usually stationary. Um, but then, of course, my arms are typically moving more. So, right. you know, this is this is I have to figure this out now. <laughs> <laughs> One of life's little mysteries. Well, if you want to learn more about the Apple Watch, we do have a few articles in the show notes. Uh, a little bit about health. And our friends over at Blind Bargains have compiled a monster list of 100 articles related to the Apple Watch where you can learn about health and all of the other available apps. It's epic. Yeah, I can't even imagine 
doing that, especially not actually having the Apple Watch, but they right. put it all together. And I really want to find out, okay, after you put that together, what's your reaction? Um, I'm dying to get one or never, you know, yeah. uh, just that amount of, of uh, work. But that is a fantastic resource. Allison, how might listeners contact you if they wanted to ask a question? The best way to get a hold of me is to follow me on Twitter. I am Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-F-M, like FM radio, 1985. That's Allison FM, 1985. You can also send an email to allisonfm at gmail.com. Although during the week, I'm not as diligent about checking the personal email. So Twitter is always the quickest way to get a hold of me usually. Excellent. And that too will be in the handy dandy show notes. Fantastic. This is Mel from Blind Alive. So now we're going to talk about sitting correctly. And this is a little bit more challenging, I think, than actually standing because we're so used to sitting so much of the time we've become a population that sits and sits and sits. And sitting alone causes a great deal of, of damage to our bodies, uh, particularly when we do it hour after hour and we don't move. And so if we're going to sit all day and not get up and move, we need to at least be conscious of how we're doing it so that at least some of the time we can do it in a way that is beneficial for our bodies. It's much better to get up and move, drink a lot of water so that you have to go to the bathroom a lot. That's a great way to keep yourself moving. So the correct way to sit is to sit on a chair where your feet can be flat on the floor in front of you your knees and thighs are actually parallel with the ground. Now, a lot of really short people have a hard time with this because chairs aren't made for all heights. So there might be chairs that are better for tall people and chairs that are better for short people. If you're in a situation that you can sit in a chair that is appropriate for your height, then, then do that. If, if you can't, you do the best you can if you're at home and there aren't any chairs that fit your body. Get a stool so that you can prop your feet on it so that your thighs can be parallel with the ground and your knees can be at a 90 degree angle. Now I realize you're not going to sit like this all the time. This is the best way to sit in an ideal world. I want you to be aware of this way to sit. This is the way that you would sit if you were doing a sitting meditation in a chair. So what you do now that you've got your feet flat on the floor and your legs are parallel with the ground your butt should be pushed up to the back of the chair and you're leaning back on the chair. In an ideal world, you wouldn't even lean back on the chair, but I know that's not going to happen. You're going to lean on the chair. So you sit 
with your butt pushed up on the back of the chair, and then you you have that same, you try to create that same curve that you would have if you were standing, that slight um, lordotic curve that's small of your back, and have a chair that is supportive there. Find a way to support that low back, either with an ergonomically correct chair or a little pillow or rolled up, ta rolled up towel. Um, it's nice to support that, that curve in the back. And then press your, your back up against the back of the chair, and you pull your shoulders back and drop them down like you would if you were standing. And if you are working at a desk and you're working at a keyboard or a computer, the best way to sit is to drop, pull your shoulders back and down. Your elbows are bent at a 90 degree angle and then your, your hands are once again parallel with the ground and the keyboard is there so that your shoulders ideally are relaxed. So you're sitting back in the chair, shoulders back and down. Your shoulders should not be tense. And in our community, in a blind community, or my community, um, I'm not looking at the keyboard. So there's no need to look at the keyboard. I'm not looking at a screen. There's no need to. So I can actually have a really nice, correct posture. If you're seeing and you need to look at the keyboard, you need to look at that screen, that screen, it's best to have that monitor up at an eye level so that you're not looking to the left or the right or your head is going down or up because over time, this is going to cause a great deal of pain in your neck, your back, your everything. So it's really important to invest in a um, computer monitor that is at your eye level so that you can sit in a correct way and breathe and relax and that is that's the correct way to sit. So now I'm going to tell you absolutely what not to do because over time it will cause a lot of asymmetries in your body. And I'm going to tell you this from experience because I sit with my legs crossed. I sit hunched over and leaning to one side or the other. And I'm very conscious that I'm doing this. And I think most of us have ways that we sit that feel more secure. So we're either hunched over or I sit sometimes with my knees up on the couch and all squunched up in a ball or my legs are crossed. Sometimes I'm, they're crossed at the knee and at the ankle. Um, this, these are postures that happen when you're cold or you're feeling um, invaded or self-protective. And it's okay to sit like this for a little bit. But the idea is to be conscious that you're doing it so that you can reverse it. If your leg's crossed on one side, cross it on the other. Slump to the other side. It's all about symmetry. So what you do on one side, you do on the other. So sitting is... it. I, th I think that the, the, the slogan now, the cliche now, is sitting is the new smoking. 
Sitting is, is, is very damaging. And so it's extremely important to get up and move. And if you can't get up and move, what you do is fidget. Wiggle your ankles, circle your ankles, tighten up your butt muscles, you know, tighten up your arms, wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers, you know, stretch your neck. It doesn't matter what you look like, you know, just do it. You'll be glad that you did. I'm very passionate about this because I know as a massage therapist for 32 years, I've seen so many people come to me with so much pain just because they sit all day in a way that is not beneficial to the functioning of their body. So, so sit correctly. Thanks as always to Mel for yet another helpful resource. One of the things she mentioned was sitting so that your feet touch the floor. I am under five feet, and this is sometimes a problem for me. I've found a wonderful folding footstool I'm not terribly good with estimates, but it is about the size of a DVD case. Maybe a little longer, maybe more like the case that would hold a VCR tape, but thinner. And this is great. I can toss it in a bag so that if I have a long day and I'm going to be sitting in chairs that are made for people who are taller than I am, I can use this little stool. We will have a link to that in the show notes. And before we move on to our next segment, I do want to let you know that this is based on a blog post, and there will also be a link so that if you would like more information, you can read it there. In this week's feedback files, we're going back to basics. We decided to discuss this topic because of questions we've gotten from customers. And also, I thought I would talk about it a bit because of assumptions I made myself. I've done exercise routines before. And so when I started using the workouts from Blind Alive, I thought, okay, this is going to be simple. And I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to do the workout the first day. And, you know, I might have a few bumps. But overall, you know, I expected things to be um, a bit Mary Poppins-like. As in, practically perfect in every way. And my experience was not quite like that. And I want to talk about what my experience was like. So that if you are feeling discouragement, then you will know that you're not alone and you'll have some strategies for dealing with it. If you listen to the descriptions and then you did the exercises and you did everything perfectly on the first try, then I congratulate you. You have permission, officially of course, to either skip to the end of this podcast or listen and find the struggles of the rest of us mere mortals a bit humorous. The first thing that I realized is there's a lot of information here. I'll talk primarily about cardio level one 
It seems to be the place where many people start, and it's the place where I started. There is the workout itself, and that gives abridged descriptions. If you have done this workout or tried to do it and found that these descriptions were not enough, rest assured we know this and we are here and happy to help you. If you go to the Blind Alive webpage, www.blindalive.com, you can download audio descriptions for each of the exercises. We are working on text copies of these as well. That way, you could put them on a braille display, a note taker, or you could emboss them. You could put them in large print. You could do whatever works for you. However, at the moment, what we have are audio. And you can listen on the computer. You can burn them to a CD. You can put them on your Victor Reader stream. Or you can put them on the Library of Congress player. I put them on my iPhone. What I did was I went to the Blind Alive website on my phone and then I basically set it up to share that icon on my home screen. Once I did that, I moved it to the folder with my other health-related apps, and now I have an item in there labeled Blind Alive Exercise Descriptions. However you do it, I think you'll find that these descriptions are helpful. Some people have asked, why don't you have the exercise descriptions in their complete form right in the workout? Well, it's not really practical to do that because it would make the workouts even longer. And in many cases, you would either just be standing there, walking in place, or holding a pose while we described it. Also, you probably don't want to hear those descriptions time and time again, especially after you've mastered them. The other thing to keep in mind is that we do not have a way of giving you two streams of information simultaneously. What I mean is this. If you can see and you are using an exercise video, you can hear the instructor's comments, but you can also see the exercises being performed. To borrow a line from a friend of mine, we're going to go back and we're going to party like it's 1970 or 1980. And way back then, when you bought an exercise routine, it was on a record or a cassette tape. Now, I guess by the 80s, videos were starting to come into their own, but not so much yet. And when you bought these exercise workouts on records or tapes, you also got a booklet along with it. And that booklet had the exercises and it had the poses. So a sighted person would have to do the same kind of thing that we are doing. In other words, there is some stopping and starting when you learn. My suggestions are 
that you keep this in mind and be as patient with yourself as you possibly can be. I hadn't done aerobic type workout routines in several years and I was amazed and frankly I was so bad I was amused at how uncoordinated I really was. If I had the humility to admit it, I would tell you that at one point I actually smacked myself in the face. But I don't have that kind of humility, so never happened. It's important, again, and I'm repeating myself for emphasis, that you be patient with yourself. The first couple days, I think it's better to think of the whole process as not so much I'm working out, but I'm learning the routine. For me, what this meant was on the first day, I started with cardio one, and I did as much of the workout as I could until I was confused. It didn't take long. When I got to the point where I wasn't sure what was wanted or needed, I brought up the exercise descriptions and I listened to the one I needed. And then I did that part of the workout and stopped and repeated with each new unfamiliar exercise. The first day, I got through the warm-up section, so I did maybe a third of the workout. I would suggest that you allow yourself three to four days for each new workout. You'll find that some of the exercises are repeated, maybe with slight variations, in some of the workouts. So you'll find, as you've done more of them, that you might not have quite such a steep learning curve at the beginning. If you keep in mind that this is something you want to do for a lifetime, then it's easy to concentrate on that long-term goal and not get so tangled up in the beginning struggles. Who knows? You just may look back on them a couple months from now and smile, even if it is at your own expense. If you have questions, if you have things you would like us to talk about in feedback files, or if you need information about the exercises, maybe you're confused even though you've listened to the exercise and you've listened to the description, please don't hesitate to contact us. There were one or two exercises where I listened to everything and I still wasn't 100% sure. In that case, I asked Mel, got some clarification, and we'll be happy to pass on any of that information to you. You can contact us by writing to support at blindalive.com or you can visit our website to fill out the contact form. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter where you can keep up with any announcements that we have to share with you. If you sign up for our newsletter, you are also able to download a free morning stretch, and we talked about that in podcast number 14. So if you missed that, you might want to check it out. 
You can find us on many, many places. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. We are on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and we are consistent. So wherever you look, you can search for us using the word blind alive. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, and we'll talk to you on the next podcast.